Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined, Changing the Experience of Divorce. I am your host, Cindy Stibbard, and I am so grateful to those of you who continue to tune in with us every week, whether it be here on the live show or over on the podcast, I wouldn't be doing this without all of you. Also, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm so glad you're here. On this show every week, if you haven't joined us before, we dig deep into a topic that many of us feel uncomfortable about, a topic highly stigmatized in our society, and a topic that triggers even those of us who have gone through it and are well on our side, and that is the topic of divorce. If you've been following me for a while and listening to my show, you know how truly passionate I am about changing the experience of divorce. Because I believe that changing this experience is a movement. And you don't have to be going through divorce yourself to be supportive of this movement. But I would bet that you know someone who has, someone who is, or someone who will go through divorce at some point. And this show is for all of them. I truly believe that if we can get more education, more resources, and better professionals in front of you, those of you out there who are going through a tough time, whether it be a divorce or any other major life transition, my mission is to give you tools to help empower you to navigate these tough times in a better and different way. That is where change begins. And I believe that if we do that, if we prepare, plan, pivot our mindset, if we normalize the conversations, we can start to eradicate the stigma and society and shame that society holds so firmly around divorce. And if we really start to do this together, the entire foundation of our marriages and our relationships can start to change. The movement to changing the experience of divorce isn't bigger than us. It is us. So that's why I do what I do. And that's why I've created this space for you, a non-judgmental, safe place for you to come, learn, grow, be vulnerable, get connected, and above all, feel like you're not alone. We are going to have hard conversations. And that's why we're here, because we really are all on this journey together of bettering ourselves and supporting each other while doing it. And honestly, we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. So that's what we're doing here on this show, to give you some guidance, some direction, some insight, and even some inspiration so you can become more informed and educated on all the different pieces of the divorce process and your life beyond it. So you can start to put those pieces together and create your life in a more empowered way. You know, as you already know, if you're listening to this show and if you're just even alive as a human being in our world today, you already know that a large percentage of marriages end in divorce. At the time when you're going through it, it seems like it's the end of the world for some of us. For others, it feels like freedom and rebirth. And a lot of those who divorce do end up marrying again and even divorcing again and even marrying for a third or fourth time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Marriage itself, to me, is not a mistake. 
It's a partnership. And whether or not it ends up like a dream or a nightmare that teaches you a lesson, that depends entirely on the two individuals individuals involved and not necessarily the institution of marriage. Falling in love is such a natural thing. But marriage is not a requirement for any individual to declare their love for each other and the world. The wedding itself is just a celebration of a contract. But love is complicated and on an emotional level, it doesn't seem to quite follow the black and white rules of a marriage contract. You know, you can fall out of love with your spouse and even fall in love with someone else while you're married. It's also possible to find true love after divorce. Once a marriage ends in divorce, there's nothing wrong with loving again, because you will. It's just a matter of time. It goes without saying that ending a marriage can make you rethink everything you thought you knew about love, and oftentimes even what you thought you knew about yourself. But this should not prevent you from finding happiness with a new person. And in fact, many experts say that getting divorced in your 40s or 50s can actually improve the quality of your future relationships. That being said, the ink may be dry in your divorce papers, but that doesn't mean that you've completely moved on or are ready to jump back into a long-term relationship. Sometimes we may need more time to process our feelings, to heal, strengthen our relationship with ourselves before getting back into the dating scene. So today, we're going to be talking a little bit about that topic, all about that topic, in fact, dating after divorce. How do you know when you're ready? How do you get started? Because you are going to get back in that dating world. Right now, you might not think that you're ready, and that's okay. And if your divorce was as traumatic and shattering as it is for many of us, you may have sworn love off right now completely, but that will change. So I'd like to introduce you to my very special guest. I'm so excited that she's here today. Jennifer Hurwitz is known for her no-nonsense approach to all things relationships and is proud to say she's made quite the career out of pretty disastrous circumstances, her own divorce. She's a relationship expert, dating coach, best-selling author, and host of the award-winning Doing Relationships Right podcast. Divorced herself since 2014, Jennifer lives in Charlotte with her two awesome college-bound sons. Through her books and weekly podcast, Jennifer helps people understand what a happy relationship can look can look like and how to dip their toes back into dating post-divorce. Jen has even been featured on OprahMagazine.com, where her book, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, A Divorce Coach's Guide to Staying Married, was chosen as one of the best books to read with your partner for a healthy relationship. So you can find Jennifer speaking all over the country and look for her name in publications like Forbes, Scary Mommy, Blunt Moms, and plus, she does some pretty kick-ass candid videos over on Instagram too. So welcome, girl. Welcome to the show. (laughs) So glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love your intro and getting all the good information. I'm sitting here going, yes, yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. And do you remember? how we met you oh probably don't tell me I rem- <laughs> remind me I was on Instagram 
it was back in the the clubhouse days i want to oh, say that's right remember Do you remember clubhouse oh my what gosh are people still doing it i don't know but i swear like i always remember you because that's where i remember t- trying to really be brave and step into myself oh. like it was probably like two years ago maybe i think it was like in covid when you know, yeah. we had nothing else to do right? right just be on clubhouse and i remember entering this room and i was all about like okay i'm going to show up in these rooms and it was all about getting on people's stages, right? right. You had a room with someone talking about relationships and your voice and your energy was just like so magnetic that I'm like, I'm going to get up on that stage. And we talked about our relationship because at the time you weren't living with your partner and you hadn't blended families and kids and I hadn't either. So I was like, whoa, this is like the modern way. (laughs) I remember. And I was, that's right. That's exactly. And then, you know what, that opened up a whole other thing because then I started doing rooms on, you don't have to blend and you don't know, you don't know what you don't know and all that good stuff. So that was awesome. That was a great conversation. I remember. So I love it. You always stand out in my mind Mm -hmm. and I love that you have also, you know, you've gone through divorce too. And I'd like for you to share a little bit of that, but I also love how you've taken such brutal circumstances like divorce and totally made it an opportunity to recreate yourself, your life and your whole, you know, love again after divorce. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what is I was a stay-at-home mom, right? I was, and for 13 years I was married and you always think like, you know, you get married, you go to the couple, you go to the altar and you're not supposed to get divorced. You just show up there and it's, you know, your expectations are, you know, wildly imagine it's unicorns and rainbows and sunshine, you know, it's going to be the white picket fence. And I never thought I'd ever get divorced. I really didn't. And then, you know what? Um, I did. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going to do? I'd given up my career as a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a DJ and a dance teacher and I'm looking around going, well, what now? The only thing I have is this divorce. And um, I guess, well, what will I do? Well, let's write about it. I thought I'll write about it. I'll write about it. I'll, I'll write a blog. Yeah. So I started with a blog and it turned into a screenplay, which turned into two books. And then, you know, one thing led to another. It wasn't that easy. Trust me. <laughs> no, but it <laughs> sounds very therapeutic, right? Yeah, it Getting was, it out. It was very cathartic. The first book was cathartic. The second book was... Um, was to help other people. The first mm-hmm. book was for me. The second book was for everybody else. I like to tell people that, but, um, you know, I tell people also like I'm happily divorced and I'm in a happy divorce. So mm. both, right. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. My husband, I call him my husband. I love my that. Ex, my husband, my husband and I are, um, we're best friends and I'm oh. lucky. And it, it wasn't always like that. It took work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key thing is that all relationships take work, whether you are in a happy marriage that takes work. A happy divorce absolutely takes work. Your friendships take work. Dating takes work. It all takes work, right? And I think when I was married, I didn't really do the work. I didn't think I had to. Mm-hmm. I thought like I was just going to show up and have these two great kids and it was going to be great and everything's going to be good. Nah, not so much. You have to work. You, you do. You yeah. totally do. And I think that for me, and it sounds like for you too, this was the biggest learning experience oh about gosh. divorce is like, yes. I, I feel like I am an entirely different partner yes. now than I was married because I guess we take it for granted. Well, first I of do. all, I mean, I didn't even know how to, what we were supposed to be. You're just supposed Neither. to be married and have kids and you do all the things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you don't really put a lot of investing time into your relationship because you think, okay, a date night is investing time or all these like surface kind of things. 
but it's the deeper things that really keep you connected. And I also think, you know, we weren't given the tools. Like Mm -hmm. I was not given the tools at 26 years old. No one taught me how to communicate. I didn't have my toolbox of like, you know, what I was supposed to, I didn't, I didn't know until now if I knew then everything that I know now as a coach and, you know, learning all these amazing things. Oh my God, I would have never gotten divorced. I feel like that's my woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? I don't regret it, but I wish that I had had the knowledge that I have now. And I feel like I want to, that's what I love teaching everybody now is I wish I could get a group of like engaged couples together Mm -hmm. and be like, what I wish I knew before I said I do, like, let's do it, you know? Yes, I love that. That makes it so, yeah, I feel like if everybody had the tools Maybe the divorce rate would go down. I think that we just don't know. We don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know. We don't know. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think I would know all this had I not gone through that. Exactly. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. I would never have known had I not gone through divorce. So Mm. it's like you had hindsight of 2020, but I'm glad that, I mean, I'm happy where I am right now, right? And I'm living my best life. But at the same time, divorce is, I mean, it sucks. It does. I did. It was awful. So I took these horrible circumstances and I kind of spun them because you have two choices, right? You either, you either, you know, get out of bed every morning and do something positive and move forward or you stay in bed and you curl up and you, you know, so what goes your choices, right? I mean, I know. And you're going to have a bit of both, yes, especially at the absolutely. beginning. You're going to yeah. be like, I can't do this. I do. And then one day you're going to feel like, I'm, I've got this. Like, I'm ready to move on. I'm over it. Yeah. And then something will trigger you and you'll go right back. I mean, and stuff like that they kind of can last for years, like the lingering little bits of like still being triggered. You still have issues. Like you're still really, especially if you've got kids, like you are attached to this person for a really long time. And I like how you said, you know, you have recreated this relationship with your, with your ex, your husband, because that is so possible. And I know that people cannot see that at the beginning. It seems literally next to impossible. Right. And I did, I thought it was impossible also, but you know what? We looked at each other and we're like, you know, this is, what, we're, we're going to do this right. And that's where mm-hmm. my podcast came from doing, it was do, doing divorce right. And I said, we're going to do this right. We're going to do divorce right. And we're going to be amicable and we're going to respect each other because we loved each other once mm-hmm. and our kids are way too important. And we're going to put our egos aside, leave our egos at the door. And we're just going to show up for each other in a co-parenting type of way. Yeah, we, we nested which was back, you know, 14 years ago or whatever it was, I think, well, let's see, nine years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, no one even knew what nesting was. Right. So, um, you know, we nested, which was really difficult, but you know, you get to see what your kids are going to do because, you know, we moved in and out of the house and the kids mm-hmm. stayed in their bit in the house and we yeah. moved in and out. So we got to see what our kids were going to go through and oh my gosh, what an eye-opening experience that was. I know. I did the same. We did the yeah, same. I didn't really I have any choice, actually. I didn't have, I was like cut off of finances, so I yeah, didn't, like, couldn't actually move. But <laughs> but at the same time, looking back, like we did it for a year and a half oh, um, and it was not easy, but at the same time, I think it was the right thing to do for the kids because they really got used to, I was 98% mom. Like it was all me, all me. And now they had to get used to dad. And as hard as that was for me to like be downstairs in the basement, like listening to what's going on upstairs, you have to separate that because you have to start to learn that this is their time. It's not, it's not on me right now, but it also allowed them to deal with the massive changes a lot easier because their life didn't change. We were still in the same space, but yeah, that's a, it's a really hard thing to do for people. And if you can put your own shit aside, like there's a lot of, you know, unprocessed trauma that goes on, but if you can really separate that 
from what your role is as a co-parent. That is so powerful for kids. And I don't think people really get it. So much of their own emotions get in the way. Well, that's the problem. And I think it's hard to separate our our, our emotions, especially in the moment, because mm. impulsivity takes over and, you know, you get so your emotions are so heightened that you mm-hmm. can't see. So I, sometimes I tell my clients too, like if you get some tips, like if you can use your kids' names um, more often than that, you know, like that kind of thing, um, it kind of triggers your, you know, oh, is that? <laughs> um, so I'm sorry. Do you hear the lawnmower? It's my yeah. house. <laughs> is it my house or is it your house? I'm like, oh gosh, I hope it's not my house. It's so bad. <laughs> that's all right you know what of course it happens um sometimes i have people knock at my door during podcasts and, stuff and i'm like oh it's okay just ignore it um anyways i forgot what i was saying yeah it's just the triggering of everything you know sometimes mm-hmm. when you use your kids names it stops you from it, it helps you remember what your what, your, what the point is of the whole yeah thing, right? so yeah and so you you know going through you started out the, as your divorce story and really focused on trying to help people through that yeah. at what point did you start to pivot to the dating scene. That's a great question. Okay. So probably around, this is so interesting. So I always feel like you're more, your experiences are so important when you're coaching and when you're doing this. So like, you know, when I was dating, when I was divorce coaching and I was going through it, I felt like I was really, I, I could understand my clients. Right. But then as I started to go through my divorce and things started to get really so much better and I could see things more clear, more clearly, I was, my dating started to get, um, really bad. My dating was, mm-hmm. <laughs> was awful. My dating was so awful. It was like, I, I thought I was ready to date. I wasn't ready to date. I learned so much from my dating experiences. So, so much that I, and then I got into a relationship, a really mm-hmm. good, healthy one. And I was like, you know what? Now things are really good. I'm going to pivot. So I went from doing divorce, right. To doing relationships. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I learned and I studied and I researched and I took classes and courses and now it's like, I'm in this really happy space where I just want everyone to feel like I feel, you know, yeah. I want everybody to find a good relationship. And I want everybody to be in this like, la la love land. <laughs> right. You know? Even though it's not la la love land, but I want to help my, help people, you know, be able to get back out there after divorce and find, find someone else, find their next person. Because it's like you said, in your, your opening, I mean, you can. You can can. find your next person. You can. And you will. And I don't think that there's one person for everyone, but you, it's so important for you to figure out who you are as you show up for your, for your new partner, because who we are when we're married aren't, aren't quite the same person later. And I almost hope that you aren't because that's you know, a I lot say. of times, all the time. yeah. you want to evolve and grow and change. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the best part of you. Yeah. And you see that kind of that discrepancy between like the person who left the marriage, you know, is the one that's now on this like new journey of finding like, you know, something more. And the person left behind was like, well, that's not, had nothing to do with me. I was left. I'm the victim here. I don't need to do anything different because it wasn't about me in the first place, but it's really about both of you. And it is a, a chance. Yep. to, okay, it didn't work. Let's take a kind of accountability for sure. at least I, my role in this, right? That's the word I love, accountability. You you have to be able to take ownership of what it, what, you know, went wrong in, in your part in the relationship so you can move forward. And then your next relationship is so much better for it, right? Yeah. So when so you important. said like at the beginning, you jumped into it, you thought you're ready. What makes you think that, what makes people think that they're ready or not ready at the beginning, okay. right? This is my favorite part of this whole conversation because <laughs> I, I have a colleague of mine, her name is Tanya Carter. And we talk about this. She was on my podcast. We talked about it. And it was like an an aha moment for me. 
Um, everyone asks me all the time, like, when should I start? When will I be mm. ready, Jen? How do I know? It's not so much the when as it is the why. So it's kind of, if you put the when aside, cause I don't think there's ever like the perfect time. Like people are like, do I wait a year? Or should I wait six months? I don't think it's that that's what's important. I think it's when you know your why, why you want to date. What is your why? Okay. So if your why is just to have a good time or your why is you're just looking for casual sex or your why is I just want, you know, I just want blah, blah, blah. Or your why is I'm looking for a long-term relationship. I'm ready to move forward. That's all, as long as you sit in that space and you own it and you know your why, I think that you're ready. Now, if your why is, oh, you know what? I kind of want to fill a void. I'm kind of feeling like I'm not really sure if I'm ready, but you know what? Like if you can't even explain your why to me when you come to see me, like if my if someone sits down a client or I'm coaching and they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm really ready, but you know, I feel like maybe it's a good idea to get back out there because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not the right why. Right. Or people tell you like, just, just get a bit of distraction, right. you know, like just go busy yourself. Right. Just that's not the why I'm looking for. Right. So <laughs> I would probably send that client to someone to do some self-work, mm-hmm. some, some work on themselves, find maybe their attachment style or work on like, maybe there's some childhood trauma they need to work on. That's not my area. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think yeah. that it can also be really scary to be alone, oh you know, gosh, yeah. so people jump into a relationship really quickly because we don't want to be alone. Like we I feel like the world alone. is, is, is built for partnerships, Yeah, you know? I couldn't even sit alone on a Saturday night without being like swiping, swiping, swiping. I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, I need the dopamine. I need the dopamine rush. I can't be alone. I can't do this. Where's Tinder? And then I was like, oh, wow. And then I was going out with these guys who were just like, I mean, not to label, but like, you know, red flag after red flag after. And mm. I kept dating the same type of guy. And then I realized, Jen, you're not even settled with yourself. Like you can't be alone, you know, watching Netflix happen, you know, like you need to (laughs) take a breather, girl, take a breather. So, you know, then when I realized that I I needed to figure out my own crap, um, Mm. that's when it happened. That's when it happened. That's when I was able to actually like wrap my head around a long-term relationship. And now we've been together five years, my boyfriend and I, and I look back and I'm like, five years, what the? I know. And how fast it goes. And the fact that you can still say, you know, after five years, because I know that's, you know, a typical relationship, like five years is a long time where you start to feel those, those, you know, patterns set in of, of a marriage like relationship. Oh, yeah, We're feeling it. <laughs> yeah. And I think you do. I think that's yeah. so natural, but to know that like, there is a difference between like, you can be still very much in love, but it does take a whole lot of work. And I oh, think yeah. oh. that it's not going to be this bliss honeymoon phase forever. It really no. isn't. No, we broke up once. I don't know if you, if you follow. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh no. yeah. We broke up for like, um, during COVID, I think COVID was tough on a lot of relationships, yeah, including totally. ours. Yeah. And we broke up for like six or seven weeks, which is a long time in my mm. world. And, um, yeah, we just, we couldn't figure it out. We just couldn't figure it out. And as a coach, I was like, what do you mean? I can't figure it out. I just, you know, like, it's like the shoemaker's kids go without shoes. Right. right. Totally. So everyone's like, what do you mean you couldn't work it out? I'm like, look, I'm being vulnerable. I'm being authentic here. I couldn't figure my own crap out, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, we did some self-work, each of us. And then we got back together and kind of did some couples counseling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
We're still trying to figure it out. It's tough. It's not and easy. I, no. And I think you figure it out as you go. Like, I, yeah. I think it's so important. And I think that's what I was one of the biggest mistakes, I think, in my marriage is that you don't figure it out when you go. You wait until literally it's past the point of almost no return here. Right. And you are so it's so caught up that you don't even know where to begin. You know, whereas if you can keep tabs on it Such a while point. you're going through your relationship, we have it all the time too. my partner and I, we go to couples therapy too. He does his own therapy. I do my own self-work so and we find like that also just brings us so much closer together. Cause we can right. talk about like, what are you dealing with in your therapy? What am I dealing with I in my that. work? But it's also just like we finding out so much more about ourselves. And I find that it puts us stronger as individuals because we like, as you know, we don't live together. We've been together four years. And that was hard at first because, you know, when you fall in love, you want to do the whole like traditional thing. Like we should be living together, blah, blah, blah. But then you realize like, urge, like red light, stop. We don't want to get into exactly the same pattern as we had before. I'm with you. you. I totally agree with you. I'm I'm so on the same page. You know how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I I know that it's weird for a lot of people because they assume, oh, we assume that you're living together. And we're like, no, at, at first we thought it was a good idea. And it was really hard actually for him when, when I was like, nah, like breaks on, I need to be my own person in my, have my own bills and have my own space in my own house. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But the more we did that, the more we were able to independently build and the way better we are as a couple, Absolutely. you know? And you know what? I think you get so much pressure from everybody. Like, why are you, why aren't you living together? When, when are you getting the ring? When are you getting, you know what? I think if you just stay in your lane and do your own thing, it all works out. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to do what's best for you too. Cause I know for myself, what I learned is I need, I need that spark that gets lost after the honeymoon phase. Right. And so that is something that's super important to me because I need it to be new all the time. I guess I get bored and my attachment style is a fearful avoidant. I get bored. <laughs> you know what? I used to be anxious attachment and now I feel like I'm definitely avoidant right now. I'm like, whoa, like, oh, my kids are going yeah. to school. They're both going to college. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> I know. It says a lot about yourself. Yeah. And you really, when you dig into that attachment style, you're like, oh, this is why I do what I do. Oh yeah. And for me, like the, the living apart really helps that because when we have our kids, we have it at the same time. Has he to. has them for a week. I have mine for a week. We kind of overlap a tiny bit, like with we see each other and our kids are friends, but by the time we get to Friday night after the kids are been awesome. with us and we get to see each other, it's like, we're both so excited. We're like, yeah. Oh my God, Friday night, finally, uh-huh. you know, it's like it's day night. And then you have the whole week. I'm the same schedule as you. It works. Yeah. It's been it it's worked for five years, you know? And I think that that's a lot of people get pressured into, you know, blending really fast. And I don't know if you, if you have to, I think you have to do what's really best for yourself, but also allow yourself an opportunity to be independent, which is even in a relationship, it's so important to be independent. I agree. I'm with, I'm with you. I you totally know, agree. Yeah. fully blending is not always really healthy. Well, you know how I feel. <laughs> I, that's a whole other show, girl. That's a whole yeah, other show. A whole other show for sure. Yeah. So when you first, when you got together with your current boyfriend now, what were the signs that you knew? Well, I mean, we'll get into this after the break, yeah, but I yeah, wanted I to talk about, different. yeah, the signs that you knew this was more of a long-term style and that oh, he wasn't the old question. and there wasn't the old patterns that you fall into. Cause we typically well, actually Jim, um, he is the way that he approached me and the way that we started dating is how I coach now. 
So I'll, t- I'll go into that and I'll tell you what my, my rules of coaching. I have, I have a very different style of coaching. I think than most coaches. Amazing. Okay. We are going to get into that after the break and right before. It. Yes. It's cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> so right before the break, as we go to commercial, I want all of you to head on over to Jen's Instagram. She's at doing relationships, right? on Instagram and her podcast is amazing as well. Go on over there, click, follow her, check out her videos. You have so many great tips and, and strategies. And just, I love your just, you know, candid, no bullshit approach. It's totally people don't, it. but I'm glad you do. Thank you. Honey. <laughs> I totally do. So we'll, we will just take a commercial break and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy Stibbard, founder of Divorce Redefined, professional divorce and decision coaching, supports many individuals and couples at this stage who are unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Does this sound like you? If it does, you are not alone. Text DIVORCE to 602-200-6446 to book your free call. Those who choose to work with Cindy are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they're able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce and decision coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family. And it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have even been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. Because what she offers at Divorce Redefined is different. You don't have to only be getting a divorce to benefit from her professional guidance. Cindy offers a unique element in addition to her popular divorce services called Decision Coaching. Decision Coaching is a type of guided support that is meant to help couples get out of that indecision purgatory. Modeled after her training at the Doherty Relationship Institute, Cindy Stibbard's decision coaching approach is specifically designed to do just that, help couples come to a decision, whether to take one more shot at reconciliation or whether it's better to prepare for divorce. Regardless of the direction taken, couples on the brink finally find the clarity and confidence to know whatever they decide, it is what's best for their family. As a divorce and decision coach and certified divorce specialist, Cindy Stibbard is an advocate of healthy relationships, whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together. She provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are in the process of uncoupling. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to do this right and make choices without regret? If you still aren't sure, ask yourself this. If I'm still in this exact place six months to a year from now, am I going to be okay with that? If your answer is no, Cindy is ready for you. Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy at Divorce Redefined today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446. That's text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 to book your free discovery call today. You don't have to do this alone. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
are listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. If you have a question for Cindy or her guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here is Cindy Stibbard. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Divorce Redefined. I am here with my special guest and friend today, Jennifer Hurwitz. She's a relationship expert, dating coach, best-selling author, and host of the award-winning Doing Relationships Right podcast. And right before the break, we were talking about how after divorce, you know, Jen, you went through a series of, of maybe a couple years of, of bad dating and then <laughs> finally worked on yourself enough to to find your current partner. And you had said that you were choosing all like the same kind of guy and the wrong kind of guy for you. Right. Yep. So your new new partner. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I, this is, this is actually how I coach because of him. Um, (laughs) It's interesting. A lot of coaches that I'm not there. Let me just start by saying there's a coach for everybody, different, different coaches, different strokes or different folks. Um, I am not a big fan of the juggling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of coaches are like, oh, it's okay. You should you know, date multiple, multiple people at a time. You can bench, you can this. Benching is like when you have someone in the back burner in case it doesn't oh. work. I am not a fan of that, that way of coaching. Um, okay. I believe that you should, you should date one person at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just, yeah. And so the guys that I, that I was dating before I met my partner, they were into that whole thing where they were like, oh, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really want a, you know, a long-term relationship. I'm, I'm kind of casually dating. And, and I was just like, okay, like I never said anything. I never, I never, I never set up front what I was looking for. I was just mm-hmm. like, I was always asking, well, what are you looking for? And then whatever they said, it was like, oh, okay, great. Like right. I never, you see what I'm saying? Do you see yeah. the difference? So instead of saying how I felt or how, what I wanted using I words, like I would like this, or I want this, or I'm looking for, I was always like, well, what are you looking for? Right. But that only sets you up for failure because then you're not getting what you want mm-hmm. because you're just saying, oh, okay, great. That's great. Well, that sounds fun. And, you know, and then you're just anxious the whole time. And what are you doing? Well, that's how I was dating. Mm-hmm. But when I met my partner, my boyfriend, now we sat at the table, we had our couple dates and he's like, okay, I'm going off my dating apps. And, um, just so you know, and I'm looking for a long-term relationship and if that's what you want, that's great. And I was like, oh, Oh. oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. And I kind of looked around like, is this really happening? Like, mm-hmm. wow. Is this, is this um, like, this is really, this, how is this going? It was incredible for so many reasons because a, I felt wanted, mm-hmm. which made me feel secure. And I knew that this person wasn't messing around. Yeah. And even in the, like, he didn't say to me, look, I'm planning on marrying you. Let's meet at the chuppah at, you know, you know, five five months from now and let's have four kids. He was just saying, I'm going off my apps. I'm only, I only like to date one person at a time and I'd like it to be you. Let's see what happens. Right. So he really was being clear with what he wanted. Absolutely. And the fact that he was clear allowed me to be vulnerable. He was vulnerable. I was vulnerable. And I said, okay, you know what? That actually sounds great. I'll go off my apps too. And we just dated and we just went along knowing that there were no questions asked and we were just dating each other. And look, if it didn't work, so what? Then three months from now, three weeks from then, we would have broken up. But it just mm-hmm. so happens that five years later, we're still together. Right. Because so, you almost took that pressure off of each other. Absolutely. No pressure. Because we knew that he, I knew he wasn't dating other people. I didn't have to worry about like, you know, anything, sexual transmitted diseases. I didn't have to worry yeah. about like, who, what he was doing next week on Friday. I didn't have to worry about like, I just knew we were together. 
mm-hmm. and just made it so much easier. There was no, oh my gosh, no insecurities, no, like I didn't go you know, craziness and no like question mark over my head all the time and walking mm-hmm. around wondering when he was going to text. I just knew. And it just right. was, it was just easy. So it sounds like he was very also mature in himself to be able to explain, you know, express himself to you, his needs. And it gave you that safety, security place to to do the same. Yeah. I mean, if everyone's vulnerable and if you walk into a date and look, I'm not saying the first date you say, here's what I want, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But if you like someone enough to try it, to just try it, give it a go. You know, whether it's two dates, five dates, 10 dates what's wrong with just investing in one person at a time, right? Mm -hmm. If you're always looking for the bigger, better deal, if you're always waiting for that bar door to swing open to see what's coming next, if you're always continuing to swipe while you're dating someone, you're never going to give the person in front of you a chance. Never. Right. And it was, he someone that you thought you would be with. Yeah. I thought to myself, you know what? Like we had spoken, um, we met at match and we talked for, you know, because of our schedules are so messed up, we talked online for a while. Like, I think it was mm-hmm. four weeks, which I don't recommend. I like it to be shorter, but we <laughs> lived an hour away from me. Right. So we spoke for a while and like, I really liked him. I thought he was funny. Our banter was back, you know, good banter. And mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what? Like, let's see where this goes. In my head, I'm just thinking, yeah, like I'm going to just see it was different. It was different mm-hmm. than let's put it this way. No other relationship had worked. The way that that it was going on, right? The way that these guys were handling the situation and the way that I was dating, it wasn't working. Yeah. So why not give it a try this way, right? And when I did, I was so like overcome with like (laughs) this um, calm. It was like a calming Mm. like factor because there was no, I didn't question anything. There was no anxiety. Yeah. It was just the two of us. And it just, it was, it was great. It just worked. Yeah. Were you scared? Like when you felt like, okay, this could be the right thing. And now I'm, you know, releasing the, uh, the outside world. And I'm going to focus on him. This could put, could potentially not work out and that's okay. And that's okay. Well, you know what? I think you just have to say to yourself, like you have to trust it. You have to trust Mm -hmm. yourself enough to give it a shot. And like, you're not, you're not, you're not like saying I'm going to marry this person. You're just saying, I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt and trust us for until it doesn't work anymore. Right. And let's yeah. say that was three weeks. I would have just said to him, look, this isn't working. I'm not feeling it. And that's it. The end yeah. of the story. Right. Yeah. And so. you really have to just listen to your, your instincts and trust, yeah. like trust yeah. yourself yeah. because we, we lose sight of, of ourselves and our feelings. And we tend to like brush things aside and brush those red flags aside because, Oh, Absolutely. I'm sure it's just something at the oh, beginning. Yeah, it's nothing. Right. Oh, I did that so much in my marriage. I looked back and thought like, what the hell? Like, was I really that stupid? No, or I was just that forgiving or I was so blind. Maybe. You know, I chose yeah. to be blind, I guess. Or, you know, we just don't notice things that like, I think at different phases in our life, certain things are more important to us. Mm-hmm. And so we accept them in different places. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But I also say to my clients all the time, make sure that you're checking yourself during the date, like how you feel, Mm -hmm. not if he likes you, not if he's interested in you, not if he finds you attractive, but how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel anxious? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel, um, does he make you uneasy? Do you like the way you feel around him? But don't, don't take notice of it on the date. Wait till you get home, Mm -hmm. take out a piece of paper, take out your notes on your phone and actually jot down how you felt on that date. Right. Um, because when you're on the date and your and your emotions are heightened and you're in the moment, sometimes you think to yourself, oh, he was so great. It was the best time ever. But then when you really sit with yourself and you're like, huh, 
you know what? He was kind of rude to the waiter. Right. You know, that's a red flag. Yeah. You know? Or, yeah. oh, you know what? I kind of felt uncomfortable because he said X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and don't let those, don't let those little things go by, you know, really question yourself. And is that a person that you want to spend another date with? And yeah. if it's not, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's so true. Like question it, but I guess there's, there's probably a line between like questioning Absolutely. everything and then questioning, right? Cause you're like, okay, how much do I question? <laughs> like I, I have clients who are like, I will not date anyone under six feet. And I'm like, okay, okay. y'all listen, that's like 26% of the population. Okay. Like, uh, come on people. Give it a break, you know? And I get it. Like I have people that come in there like, I want this and I want this. And their non-negotiable list is 45 things. And I'm like, you're not ready to date. You're giving yeah. me a list of things you're never going to find, you know, yeah. like, that's a unicorn, baby. That's a unicorn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, so, so hard and to be able it to is. know that you're aligned with someone. And I think to take the pressure off of knowing that this person might just be an opportunity for you to learn yes. and to love again. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, like uh, even in my relationship, who knows if it's going to last forever. I am so over the fact that oh, we have too. to say something lasts forever. Oh, I can't, you know, or like the never say never, because I never thought I was getting divorced either. And Oh, look what happened. Yep. And I can never say that, oh, well, we're going to stay together forever because we don't know that either. And you have to know that that's okay if you don't, because there is no pressure on that either side. Exactly right. I mean, that's so I say to people, you have to date for now. For now. Just date for now. Date in the moment in your three foot world, right? And just just three feet in front of you, three feet each side, and just live in your moment. And it's really hard for everybody to do that. Because it doesn't mean that you don't love each other, right? Of course not. I love my gosh, no, I love my partner. We're, I mean, Jim and I are like, I mean, he's my person, but we're coming up to this impasse. We're like a fork in the road where we're in completely different places in our lives. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just, it just doesn't work. It's not because you don't love each other. It's because it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. It's just, it's hard. It is. It's so hard. It is hard. And you're going to yeah. go through all of those like back and forths and those times that test you. And I think that it's when you truly know that this is someone that you could invest a really long term and you have to go through the shit. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's like you have to let someone see your worst parts to show them your best parts. I you know, agree. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, it's true. And it's like, oh, I don't know. There's so much there's so much outside there, there are so many outside factors after divorce that you mm-hmm. don't have before you're married. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're single and you're dating and it's just you, it's it's never going to be that that way again after mm-hmm. divorce, right? Meaning that like there's an ex-wife, there's kids, there's a schedule, there's everything coming together and mushing two families, right? Right. So it's not just you that you have to think about when you're dating after divorce. It's just a totally different animal. It is. There's a lot of moving parts. Lots of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you work then with clients that come to you and like they're out of divorce, they want to start dating, they're afraid, or maybe they're in these patterns. Like I do, um, I do see people sometimes that just are not having success or, you know, there's, I don't know what, I don't know why, like maybe there's not enough, you know, people out there for them, or there's something that they're stuck, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's discouraging for sure. It's discouraging and they're frustrated and Mm -hmm. I feel their pain and it is, I've been there. So I, I mean, I've been there and so I get it. And that's one thing. Um, it's really important when you find a coach that they understand you, mm-hmm. they, they're not just playing the game to play it. They really have been in the trenches because it's not, it's not fun, Yeah. but it should be, it shouldn't be, um, 
so frustrating that like you are not, that you're not having like a good time. Like it's like that it's really bad. Take a break, take mm-hmm. a break, just pull off everything. And also people forget that everyone goes for the big five, right? Everyone's like, I don't want you to name them, but the big five dating apps, everyone's like, you know, you're uh, right. are like, oh my gosh, I think now I want to say over like 300, 400 different dating apps. Wow. Oh my God, Cindy, you have no idea. There no, are I don't. so many dating apps and people are like, okay, let's go on this one. This one. I'm like, y'all need to like branch out, you know, right. there are other dating apps. Uh. It's crazy. I mean, but people are just so hung up on the big five. Not that I don't love them. I do, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are, there are methods to the madness. There are tricks and there are, there are ways to change your profile. There are ways to change your pictures. There are ways that, you know, mm-hmm. we know coaches know what they're doing. There's a reason why, you know, yeah. we're here. And is that how, what, how you typically have people start out? Like, let's say someone wants to start dating after divorce and it's mm-hmm. hard, especially post COVID. I mean, during COVID oh, yeah, yeah. can't meet people, but I find this right now still, it's pretty it's insular, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you get, how does someone start? Um, well, with me, with me, with me, um, I'm like a cheerleader. I don't know if you can tell. I'm like, literally was a cheerleader. I, yeah, I yeah. want people me to too. be happy. I know, yeah, right. That doesn't surprise me. I want people to enjoy and I want people to be happy with me. And I, I want my clients to have fun. If they're not having fun dating, they're having fun with me. That's all there's to it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like yeah, you know, they're making a friend at least. But um, I'm also a writer. So for me, the online dating profile, the bio is like mm-hmm. my jam. So mm. I always start with the bio and I also... Also, I do have my clients invest in three apps, two or three apps that um, I really, I really sit down and figure out which apps are best for individual, like their individual yeah, personalities, person, right? Yeah. personalities, right? Like, so um, based on what they tell me about themselves too, like if, if they are really specific and they are only want to date a Jewish guy, then, you know, mm-hmm. we're probably going to go on an app that has more Jewish, right. whatever, you know, or if they really want to go on, you know, X, Y, or Z, um, there are apps for everybody, whatever they want, Yes, whatever they want. Yes. Um, but I also do think they need to invest. So if you're on a dating app and you're not paying for it, Mm. you're not going to get the quality matches that you are looking for. Because you have to remember if you're paying on your side, they're paying on their side. Right. So that means you're both investing. So you do get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Yes, you do. But, you know, and I'm not a matchmaker. I'm a uh, dating coach, two different things. A matchmaker Mm. actually has a database. Right. And they fix you up with people, but that's not what I do. So yeah, different, different. Yeah. And so you do set people up for their dates, like how they're going to kind of show up for this to show, kind of walk me through, I'm going on a date. We've found, we found a match, let's say, (laughs) and you know, I'm going and you are my coach and I want to like, okay, how, how does this process work? Cause I also know I did have a girlfriend that I bought her a a session with you. I I don't know if she she ever came. I'm not saying her voice. I'm not saying her name. She needs to come to me, but if not, I'm giving you your money back. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. God, no, God, no. But at the same time, it's like, I, I think it's scary. right? People are like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to start that process. Oh my gosh. Come to me. I am so, and here's the thing too. I'm really, um, I'm really like such a pushover. (laughs) 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 Like I'm really, I start off really stretching. I'm like, you know, you you have to do this, this, and this, but then I'm like, okay, I don't want anyone to not 
enjoy what they're doing. It's supposed to be fun. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be fun and you're supposed to feel good. And I, I do have a hard time. You know, I can only control my side of the, of the scenario, right? I can only control my client's mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So when I'm setting up my client for success, if the guy or the girl on the other side is rude or doesn't play nice in the sandbox, I, there's nothing I can do. And that hurts yeah. me. I get really upset. You're I, like I part of it. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am. Trust me. You have no <laughs> idea. Like sometimes they'll text me from the dates and they're like, what do I do next? He did this. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just like, oh. I, I do. I take it really seriously. But so. what a great support that is, yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. in a situation to be like, okay, I don't really know how this is going or like, yeah. what should I do next? Because oh, yeah. when you're getting your feet wet for the first time, Oh yeah. After divorce, it's super scary to do it in the first place. And secondly, to know that you've got a coach in your corner, like coaching you through this. Yeah. They can text me right (laughs) away. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I do, I like, I try to be there as, as much as I possibly can. It's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard to know, like, if you know, and I don't, I also don't, um, I don't believe in the rules, like where you can't text after three, you know, you have to wait three days and you have to wait 20. I think that's all a bunch of crap. So what so, are the rules that you think? Well, like I what are the should be no rules. etiquette? Okay, um, no rules. Etiquette is no rules. I mean, I really feel like you should go with like what you what you feel, but at the same time, I mean, there's obvious things that I'm going to tell you that that probably will hurt your feelings and it, that's my job mm-hmm. and I hate it. I hate it. Like if a guy isn't giving you um the attention or isn't showing effort, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to say mm-hmm. be done. And I hate that, that hurts, I mean, it hurts me to do that. I don't like to be, you know, but it's because true. What are they wasting their time for? Exactly. Right? But it's so much easier for, it, it's so much easier for me to, to know that than it is mm-hmm. for me to say to my client, look, he doesn't want you. Yeah. So I have to kind of be careful how I, of course. you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard, yeah. but I can see it. I can tell within the first 24 hours after a date, if a guy is interested Oh, and, and how they're behaving. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. So what is, what are the things that you look for? Like, how do you know, what are the signs that they are interested in you? That they are. Oh, yeah. um, if you leave, if you're on a date and first of all, I, I'm really, I, I, I'm very clear that, so this is my pattern. Um, you meet someone on, let's say it's a, it's a female client. She meets someone on match or Tinder or whatever she's on. Let's just mm-hmm. say she's on match. She meets someone on match. They meet and they chat on match then um, I don't like them to take a long time before a meet. So I don't call a date a date. I call it a, a meet Okay. because it takes some pressure off of it. And right. I don't like the first date or meet to be longer than 20, 25 minutes oh. at, because I really think that it, it, it's, you're just meeting someone. It's a friend. Right. You're meeting a friend to see if you like this person. And if you like them, great. You go on a second date. If not, then there's no time wasted, no um, you haven't invested so much energy and time in this one person. Okay. So I think that if you don't get asked out or if you don't make a date to meet within the first week that you're talking, it's not going anywhere. Oh. It's going to turn into a situationship, which is mm-hmm. not what you want. A so, situationship. Situationship. Okay. So if you've been talking and texting with someone on match or you've been texting with them like, you know, hours on end for three weeks, that's going nowhere. If the mm-hmm. guy hasn't asked you out within the first week, he's not interested. He's just not. Wow. Okay. Um, but if you allow that behavior, right? If you allow that to go on, then that's that's where I come in. I mean, I will literally write the text for my, for my clients and say, yeah. "This is the text you're sending." Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there's ways to get out of it, and there's you know, I mean, so yeah, if, if you if a, if you go on a date with the with the guy and he you know the the night is over and he says thank you so much and you say thank you so much and it's it's great. Um, 
and he calls you at the end of the, he calls you, you call to thank him. I normally say, you know, call him if you had a good time. Thank you so much for the date, whatever. Mm-hmm. If he says, when are we doing this again? That's a good date. Yeah. It's a good day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good day. If and also too, like, I think what you're saying is take, like, also take responsibility. Like, yeah. it seems like, like there's this game of like, oh, should I wait this long? Or who's no. supposed to reach out first? Like I saw, I think your Instagram today was like, you had a nice date with a, with a man, yeah, with a guy. Tell him. Tell him. Tell, tell him. him you did. Tell him you did. Guys want to be, they, they want to know, like guys want to hear it. They want to hear that you enjoyed yourself. They want to hear that you had a good time. They want to feel appreciated. This is not like, this is, this is we're not playing hard to get, right? It's not oh, like it's necessarily rocket no. science, but it is rocket science. It <laughs> is. The same time. And, you know, hard to get gets you nowhere. Yeah. Hard to get gets you nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Because then when you finally are not playing hard to get, they're done. Mm-hmm. They're done. They've, they've, they're done with the game. So then you're, what are you doing? Sitting there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so like, how, how long do you let something go on like casual dating before you have a conversation about like, how is this going to go any further? People are going to be like, Oh, she's crazy. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, just, she's not, I would, I laid out within the first, within the first two or three dates. Mm-hmm. And I don't say, this is not what you, I do not say, so what are you looking for? That's not a question I would look for, I would say ever. I would right. say, just so you know, so we're on the same page. This is what I'm looking for. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for a long-term relationship. If that's not what you're looking for, then this doesn't need to go any further. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just lay right out there. I'm well, you can kind of have to, otherwise, like, yeah. you know, what are, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Right. You're and you're setting yourself up yeah. for yeah. A, 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 like disappointment. Right. And then you're just playing, you're, you're sitting there like wondering, and when's he going to text? And when are we going out again? And what's happening next Tuesday? It's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Because if he doesn't want anything, you need to open the space up to find someone who does. Yes. Because he's totally. out there. He is yeah. out there. So he's out there. And you can't change a person either. I think sometimes no. we get really attached. We're like, well, he'll do a couple more dates and they'll just be like, oh, he'll get love him. Me. He'll, he'll love me. me. <laughs> Square peg, round, yeah. round hole, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> It'll fit. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you mostly work with women or do you work with men too? You know what? I work with both. I love okay. my male clients. I yeah. love them, but they're... they're... They're, they're a lot. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're a little, they're, you'd be surprised how tough male clients, they're, they're tough. I bet. They're yeah. much more physically, um, the physical attributes are much more important to men. To men mm-hmm. than to women. Mm-hmm. Well, they're very visual, right? They very need visual. that visual stimulation for yeah. sure. If they want a blonde, they want a blonde. If they want a brunette, they want a brunette. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. no messing yeah. around. Kind of typecasted. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I get it. Everyone has their own needs for sure. Right. That's exactly right. So Jen, this has been so, so awesome. I just love you. I think that we could talk about this stuff all day and just keep pivoting in different directions. Yes, please do. But before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can find you. And especially if they're looking for help getting them felt themselves back in the dating scene. Well, I do a free, um, like a 20 minute clarity call. So it's really easy on my Instagram. It's doing relationships, right? Um, Or my website, everything is there. My website, jenniferhervitz.com. Yes. Yeah, it totally is. And your, and your podcast is there too. So you can like listen to it right from your website, which is awesome. So thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. It's always so much fun to talk to you. No, thank you for having me. And thank you everyone out there who is listening. You can go over, if you've missed a live show, you can go over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Make sure you catch the, the show and subscribe where you can. Please rate and review so we can get in front of as many people as possible because we really want to help people 
change their lives, empower them to make better decisions going forward and to really be there for them while they do. So thank you everyone for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you all again here next week. Thanks, Jen. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.